We've had one practice, so I wouldn't get too carried away on B-roll like I have. But I feel like some of our camp storylines are playing out in front of our eyes. But I also feel as if, Josh, everything football-related kind of took a twist and a turn towards the recruiting world as Williams Winery, right? I keep wanting to pronounce the N for some reason when I see it because it's spelled N-W-A, but you get my point. Williams Winery will make his college decision on August 14th. So I appreciate him waiting until I got back from my vacation. Yeah, that, that part's good. He'll choose between Georgia, Missouri, Oklahoma, Oregon, and Tennessee. Now you might say Missouri, but that's where he's from. And if you if you believe the buzz, there is what a massive NIL deal that it seems like Missouri's trying to put together for him. Is that the buzz one when Nary that Missouri's gonna try to drop the bag here? Something historic in terms of uh NIL. And Oklahoma's competitive if you believe what uh, some folks are saying out there in that regard. When Ari said, I think I have uh, – this is according to On3, by the way. I think I have a pretty good idea on where I'm going. My list has most definitely moved around the last few months. There have been a couple that may have been at the top at points, but taking the visits has given me a much clearer idea. So overanalyze that all you want. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that doesn't sound great for OU, does it? I guess not. But if you look at it, official visit to Georgia on the 2nd, Oklahoma on the 9th, Tennessee on the 16th, and then was last at Missouri. He's currently scheduled to take an official to Oregon in September, but was also on campus for an unofficial visit. Added one more in early July, quote, getting back on campuses is always a good thing to get a feel for the place. Most of my visits I've been on, uh, I've been to those spots more than two or three times, so it didn't really do anything major. For the ones I hadn't been to much, it definitely played a part. Before the official, official visits, I was up in the air. This kind of cleared up some things for me. As official visits should, right? Go, go see somewhere, and then you've got finality on your decision. Can you read that first quote again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just scroll up here a little bit. I think I have a pretty good idea on where I'm going. My list has most definitely moved around the last few months. There have been a couple that have been at the top at points, but taking the visits has given me a much clearer idea. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. It's a little, yeah, it's kind of. Because I think that Oklahoma was at the top for a good portion early. Well, the, uh, I don't know. But it could be, hey, I took the visits and ruled these folks out. There's just no telling. So, another question. I'm, I'm still learning all of the different recruiting tools out there. Is the on three recruiting prediction machine, that's not the one that fans can vote on, right? No, I think okay. it is. <laughs> oh, it is? Oh, gosh. Well, why would anyone even publicize that? I don't know. Okay. It's just basically an opportunity for people to go in and say, hey, he's coming here. So, I, Okay. Well, then I don't even want to give you the numbers because I was about to say, oh, Oklahoma's in good shape there. But if you're telling me that it's a fan vote, I love you guys. I think you're awesome. I don't think us voting on a recruit is going to change his opinion by any stretch no. of the imagination. They, they should not have that anywhere. 
it, it delegitimizes what's I, going on. I, again, so William Winari, five-star plus defensive lineman. He's um, the number one player in 2024 from the on 300. And obviously, if you're the maybe the number one player, the measurables are going to be pretty impressive. And they are. 6'6", 265 out of Lee's Summit, Missouri. Oklahoma just added one of his teammates. And, okay, here we go. Beyond the fan vote. The Sooners are considered to be the favorite. Has an annual on three NIL valuation at 364K. And according to their comparisons, Chris Jones is the comparison from Winari. Wow, that's a pretty nice little comparison. I'll take that every single day. All right, so outside of that, Josh, there's just there's not much. Right, we've had one day of practice. The media has an open viewing window today. We'll hear more from Brent Venables after practice today. Not a not an official press conference by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, he will be meeting and players will be meeting with the media after day two of practice. That's great. So get a little idea of how things are going. I had put together my list yesterday of some of the storylines that I'm keeping an eye on, or at least that I think are worthy of writing about. Uh, for our Boyd Street preview, and and just to reset mine, because I'm gonna what, what's superimpose George's with mine, George Stoya from On Three, real quick. I put new faces, immediate impact, improving in the trench, or getting better in the trenches. I was gonna talk about like the defensive tackles, and you don't like that one too terribly much, do you? You think it should be worded different? Getting better in the trenches? Yeah. Eh. Because I'm also like, hey, that carries over to 2024, too. Why do you think think I don't like it? I don't know. I just I, I feel. You just have a feel? I just have a feeling, Josh. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I like or dislike Okay, it. okay. Overall improvement, right, to be as generic as I can on number three. I like that one. Uh, competitive depth. What does that look like? New skill players ready to shine. Year two of BV, final year from the SEC. So, well, I went way over five. Uh, Mark. We might be looking at like 6,000 words now on this story. Well, and I think those final two you can probably toss into overall improvement. You know what? I'm going to do that right now before I forget because I think you're 100% right. And I would just probably have that as the final section. Right. Just, okay. All right. Because you could really put year two and final year before the SEC under a, how are we overall getting better? That's right. That's right. It works. Here's what um, George Stoya from Sooner Scoop went with, and I thought, I thought this was really good. He drilled, in fairness, he drilled a little deeper on a couple of things, but also I feel like we're right in line on others, which I don't know. Kind of, I was I was laughing because I was listening to the unofficial forty yesterday, and when I left the show on. When was media day? Tuesday? Yes. And then into Wednesday's show, I said one of the things that just kind of blew my mind was thinking about Dylan Gabriel being a top 10 passer of all time. <laughs> right. And it was one of those things that just blew me away so much. I even opened the show on Wednesday, right? Just my mind is blown. And a few people are like, wow, longevity, blah, blah, blah. Um, whenever they were talking about it, it made me feel a little better. 
It's like, okay, good. I'm not a crazy person. There's yeah. not a lot of quarterbacks that have gotten to start four years. <laughs> Especially know? when you're an elite quarterback, right? Whenever you're a guy that is good. plays a lot. If you play a lot, you're usually off to the league. We, uh, Brock Purdy was on that list too, right? Brock, Brock Purdy was on that list. That's I mean, right. four years. So here was the – I felt good. Which transfers will make the biggest impact, right? That's – I think that's a captain, not not to say it's on my list too, but that's kind of obvious, right? Everyone wants to know. Uh, in fact, in that video, there was some Andrell Anthony making a catch. Uh-oh. I forgot to add that in there in my overanalyzation of the Oklahoma B-roll video. Uh, from Woody Washington to L.V. Bunkley Shelton to Kobe McKenzie coming around after Danny Stutzman. Boom. Little, um, I, I keep wanting to say Blake Bell every time I see Jackson Arnold. Jackson Arnold and Dylan Gabriel throwing passes. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, there's Andrew Anthony. A favorite of one, Jacquez Petaway. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's he, right. Dude. You were talking about that. Uh, so that was number one. Number two, who will start next to Danny Stutzman? We know Stutzman's going to start a one-backer. Is it Canick? Is it Connor Near? Is it Kobe McKenzie? Is it, hey, let's find out? Right. Is there someone else? Well, so, I mean, multiple guys early getting a, getting a look at it. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, he drilled deeper. Deshaun McCullough's role, because we've seen him do a lot of different things, but is he more of a rush specialist? Is he is he a true cheetah? I think that was what made some fans question whenever they saw the first videos of him. It's like, why we got him going back in pass coverage? Have he, him rush the quarterback. He right? looked so natural though in the spring game. I mean, yeah, yeah he did. He did. He was all over the place. Can Dylan Gabriel improve? Which is so wild to say that a guy threw 25 touchdowns and only had six picks and we're like, be better. Got to be better. I mean, it's just the expectation. And it's in fairness, he does have to improve. Now, I think if you go back and drill a little deeper, his receivers hurt him a lot last year. A lot. But I think it's fair. And then speaking of receivers – who steps up at wide receiver? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it um, is it Jaden Gibson's season? Is it Nick Anderson's season? Two guys that we talk about a lot on this show, which to me, I think, Josh, I think it means that – or I shouldn't say that. I think the bottom line is Nick Anderson's just got to be healthy, and I think he was healthy throughout you know, most of the spring and fall camp, right, from what we've been told. The excitement of a newcomer like Jaquez Petaway. I mean, can Jaquez Petaway end up being a rock star for this team right away? Maybe so. Maybe. I mean, it feels like there's some legitimate buzz there. The transfers from last year and the transfers from this year. That was another injury, by the way. One of the transfers from last year. The wide receiver from Missouri. J.J. Hester. Yeah. Looks like he's going to be out for a little bit. Yeah, that's too bad. Because he's got all those measurables, right? Where you're like, hey, he should be pretty good. But, yeah, I don't know, dude. I, I, I think that's – I feel like I'm pretty much in line. There, One thing here, – here's another thing. Real quick, we're talking OU football. Camp Reports brought to you by new, uh, Neutral Vodka Seltzer Real Juice. And I know we're up against it. For all of the buzz and the talk about running back and the lack of a returning running back and things of that nature, boy, the coaches don't really seem to be too concerned about it, do they? I mean, the confidence with which DeMarco Murray talked about it, and even, you know, I was going back because I was queuing up the 
cut where BV talked about Washington. But even in the way that he talked about the running backs and the talent in that room, they don't seem to be too overly concerned about that position. Yeah, I don't think they need to be. I think you're right. You got a ton of talent. Either Javante Barnes or Gavin Sanchuk's a great starting spot. That doesn't even mention Marcus Major or Smothers or Hicks or Tawi Walker. So, no, they're, they're good there. And each of the last couple of seasons, Plank, we forget. Mm-hmm. But Kennedy Brooks, I mean, going into that year, it was not treated as a slam dunk by a lot of the media and fan base that Kennedy Brooks was just going to come back from his opt-out season and be this rock star superstar. So right. Oklahoma's had back-to-back years where there were some ifs and buts, some questions going in, and guess what? They they wound up with terrific seasons from Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray, respectively, and I expect no different this year from either a Barnes or a Sawchuck or a Major or whoever. I don't think – I don't think that Kennedy Brooks really truly got the shine that he deserved until he was away from campus for a year. And I think everyone was like, dang, look at his numbers. Look what he – he just made play. And, I and still, then a Cotton Bowl performance. And then a Cotton Bowl performance, right? And I still don't think that he gets Kennedy Brooks a lot of the love that he deserves. But anyone would have been better than Eric Gray in some people's minds last year. Well, guess what? You're getting some dudes. Yeah, Kennedy Brooks would – He'd be on the short list for most underrated backs of the last yeah. however many years. Uh, okay, three quick texts uh, from the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We were talking about the voting, the on three thing. Uh, Shark writes, well, unless the fans are voting with Venmo editions. It's like, all right, 55% in favor of, of Winari going to Oklahoma, and they've raised $10,000 in order for him to sign. <laughs> and then you get that money when you sign? One more on that. Uh, Coy writes, well, I mean – if that official visit is still on in September to Oregon, then that really isn't a good sign for Oklahoma because of BVs and the coaches' staff's recruiting policy. I think we just apply all of those theories and uh, options to realignment. Let's just see who can who can get which uh, school where. It just Venmos? Yeah. And you know what? We get our cash back if they don't go, but if they go, boom, there you go. Big bag of cash. You're welcome, Florida State. Yeah, we just figured it out for you. You're welcome. Uh, and then, this was an unfair shot from the two one four. I hope you didn't say Jackson Arnold reminds you of Blake Bell, or we are in trouble. No, I, he wears number ten, so I, I haven't seen a ten at quarterback in a while. And bless Austin Kendall's heart, it didn't necessarily go all that well for him. So I know we're throwing it back to like twenty thirteen, which is a decade ago, and he's a bigger dude. He's not quite as as stocky. As Blake Bell, but when I see a tenant quarterback, it's like, oh, I mean, Jackson Arnold. It'll take me like a week of watching and overanalyzing every single piece of film that comes out of practice. All right, quick break. When we come back, we're going to dive into uh, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. And then at the bottom of the hour, we're going to learn about the new Oklahoma women's soccer coach, Matt Mott, will join us right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Ah, yes, uh, Josh Temple. Temple was kicked out of the Big East in uh, 2001. It's like, hey, sir, we need you guys to take your program and leave. Yeah, I knew it had happened to somebody, and we were just kind of kicking around here in the break. At some point, you know, after all this seemingly, as it's headed that way, consolidation of power happens, 10, 12 years from now, are we going to do the exact Mm -hmm. opposite? 
<laughs> where teams start splitting up again. Yeah, I think it might happen. Uh, boy, it's been a wild like hour, right? Um, right before we let's just recap it all here real quick, and then we're going to talk to the uh, new women's soccer coach for the University of Oklahoma at ten thirty-five. When we hit the air, I, I made sure to screenshot everything, just so that way we'll be able to go back in order. All right, when we hit the air this morning, the report from Nicole Arbach, snag hit overnight, I think is the best way to put it. At least I thought I screenshotted it. Oh, hold on, I sent it all to Arnie. <laughs> because I was like, hi, you're not going anywhere. Um Overnight, Oregon and Washington's exit from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten lost momentum. Moments after that, Dan Wetzel. The Pac-12 has a meeting in the next hour to discuss its media rights deal and the signing of a grant of rights. As bleak as things look for the league late Thursday, numerous sources expressed optimism that the Pac-12 can halt most or even all defections. Brad McMurphy, right as the show started, when I was getting ready for my victory lap, at last minute, Pac-12 may stay together and sign grant of rights. After Monday's media rights offer, the Pac-12 held multiple Zoom meetings. Arizona's Bobby Robbins appeared fully committed to the Pac-12. And then literally, right as this hour started, Pac-12 unable to get a grant of rights signed this morning, and nothing has changed as far as Oregon and Washington joining the Big Ten. The Ducks and Huskies still expected to be Big Ten bound, which, by the way, I still think this is just me. This is just me, Josh. I still think that the Big Ten taking Washington and Oregon is much more far-fetched than anything involving Arizona and Arizona State right now. Are they – I mean, are they really just going to be like, hey, bleep you, um, USC, we don't care what you want or what you don't want? Is that where we're going to be? Because that appears to be where we are. Hmm. Sorry, run that by me again. Yeah, what's going on out there? <laughs> I don't know. Something's getting shoveled out the door. Uh, so my point is, ah, I forgot what my point is. Oh, I think it's more likely that the Arizona thing happens than it is Washington and Oregon. I mean, is there any chance that the Big Ten is that hot for bringing Washington and Oregon on board? According to that last tweet from McMurphy, it's once the finances get worked out, which that take that to be whatever you want it to be. The $10 million travel expenses for Washington, the fact that they haven't been offered full shares, whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to get done. Is there an appetite within the Big Ten to get it done? I think from the commissioner's side, sure. And – I don't know. I, I would imagine it's fairly split across presidents and athletic directors and such. And for many fan bases, as I've told you and told right. you and told you, I don't think there's this overwhelming, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go to get this done. Chris hits us up on Twitter and writes, as a WVU fan, I have a hard time feeling bad for anyone over conference realignment after nobody cared when the Big East was raided and West Virginia was left in the cold. Maybe I'm a jaded Mountaineer fan. At the Chris Farrell. Hey, touche, right? And right. I saw Chris Williams, who's, you know, the, I think the publisher of Cyclone Fanatic, wrote his big piece last night that was like basically summarizing here along the lines of, 
hey, where was this emotion for, you know, everybody last night started getting all sentimental. Oh, my gosh, the death of the Pac-12. This is the worst thing ever. Where was anybody's emotions for the death of the Big 12? Nobody cared. Everybody was dancing on the graves right. of Kansas State and of Oklahoma State and of Baylor and Tech and on and on and on. So why is everybody getting sentimental for the Pac-12 now? This is nothing new with realignment. Like at West Virginia, they got left out into the dust. Welcome to the party, Pac-12. I like what I like what Josh just tweeted at us. Uh, this is so odd. Nobody wants to be the bad guy. Let's just blame capitalism and move on. <laughs> uh, and then I like this from Sean off the super secret textosa line. What happened is maybe perhaps college football has been saved from itself here. In other words, he's worried about the NFLization of the league. Well, it's it's headed coming. that way, yeah. and I just don't know that they're stopping what it now. What a weird day. What a weird day to follow this legitimately in real time. The last couple of days, right? Mm-hmm. All right, quick break. When we come back, we'll take a pause from this conversation. We'll get learned up on the OU women's soccer program. Their new coach, Matt Mott, joins us next here on The Ref. Stick around. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank, and we are pumped to welcome in the new head coach of the Oklahoma women's soccer team, Matt Mott. They've got an exhibition game coming up this Sunday at John Crane Field. Free admission. What's going on, coach? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be on with you guys. I listen to you every day, so it's nice to be on with you. Appreciate that. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, Coach Mott. I'm not as soccer um, knowledgeable beyond OU as Toby is. I mean, Toby's got the Premier League and his lead squad, (laughs) so I can't talk that cool with you. But I'm very excited about this team. Uh, Before we dive into your new-look roster, take me through what it's been like for you, what drew you here, and as you've come to Norman and and get everyone here and get ingrained here, has it been what you expected? It's probably been better, to be honest. It's it's been unbelievable. I mean, I I am just thrilled to be here. So glad, you know, my family and I made the decision to come. Um, It's been great. You know, I put together what I think is a fantastic staff. I tell everybody, uh, I think we have the best staff in the in the Big Twelve. The head coach maybe is a little dodgy, but the the staff is unbelievable. Um, And as we've just been welcomed um, everywhere we've gone with open arms. And, And again, the athletic department is. Everything is advertised to be is one of the big reasons Joe sees vision of, of what, you know, I think this soccer program can be um, is, is, is spot on. I mean, we have a lot of work to do, but I am I'm thrilled to be the head coach here for sure. What was um, as you started to dive in, there's the obvious, right? Getting your family here, getting your staff put together. But in the era of the transfer portal, and transfers are nothing new to college sports, but just with what seems to be heightened interest and, and ease of it, d- does that make this any easier when you have a roster that you're rebuilding and retooling? Or what's that challenge like in, de- in, in finding and figuring out whom from the transfer portal might work for you, Coach? Yeah, I think we did a really good job. You know, we, we, were, um, you know, we were up against it a little bit. I came in, I think on May 4th, the transfer portal had opened – on uh, on May 1st and and we had to figure out one what we have and what we need and then two who's available so we were able to bring in you know a number of good players in this in that short term um and and really kind of solidify the roster you know we had some guys going out and I think that's the part of the portal is is you're going to have people that um you know leave as well so we had some guys leaving with the with the coaching change um and then you know again identifying what the roster needed 
uh, and then going out and, and filling some of those spots uh, was important. And I think we did a pretty good job of it. So I think it, overall, I, I'm definitely pleased with uh, with what we were able to do out of the portal. I know this is uh, always one of those questions that, you know, is, is not necessarily based in my great knowledge, but just wanting to learn more. So you bring in 10 transfers or newcomers this spring right after you were hired. Good talent, but who are some players that we need to keep our eye on, Coach? Who are some of the some of those that you're maybe been impressed by, maybe started to stand out a little bit in practice as we get set for the season? Who's caught your eye? Yeah, Emma Hawkins, uh, who's back again for her second year. She she um, she transferred the year before. Has uh, has really impressed us. She's a quick, fast, feisty, um, you know, center forward who I think is going to be able to score goals uh, and did score, you know, I think six goals last year. Uh, Danny Wolf is one of the transfers we brought from the University of Michigan. She has been everything she's advertised. Uh, she's a fifth year, so we really are going to have, you know, two forwards that are fifth year, um, you know, seniors, which is is great. Um, you know, so those two have been really good. Andy Wolf, who actually is Danny's sister, who it's kind of funny story. So Danny was at um, University of Michigan, and Andy was at Michigan State, um, and and they both transferred um, here to Oklahoma, and she's going to be a piece in the back um you know kaylee england is back for her fourth season she's been a, a full-time starter for us here um for really her whole career she's looked really really good um so we we've got definitely some pieces i'm, I'm happy about the goalkeeping we have you know three goalkeepers and, and and battling for that that starting spot i feel good about us in goal um so it, it's going to be a fun team to watch i do think we'll be pretty explosive we got some really good pace kind of all over the field um, and, and it will, will certainly help us uh, scoring goals for sure. It's another one of those, hey, Coach, I want to get smart about what you do kind of questions. Um, <laughs> how would you describe your style? What can Oklahoma fans, what can we expand when we come out whenever Matt and Mott coached teams are on the pitch? How would you describe your style? What can we look for? Yeah, I think you're going to see a really hardworking team. Like we are going to cover this field in the way that we work. And, and um, you know, we will uh, press and we will look to turn balls over, and we will get very tight defensively. I've talked to them. I mean, really, since preseason camp started, really almost all we've worked on is defending. So we've got to be better defensively than, than we've been in the past, and that's something that we focus on a lot. So I think you'll see us really be an aggressive-style defending team because I think we're going to score goals. I don't think there's any question about our ability to score goals. we just got to be better defensively, and, and so that's something we're working on a lot and really focusing on. I think you'll see that, but um, we'll be an exciting team. We'll be excited on set pieces, um, but I, I hope um, you know Sooner Nation will be really um, happy with the product that we have out there. You know, you mentioned your staff, and um, you know, obviously there's some familiarity there. Bringing Richard Beebe with you, overall, just I, I kind of wanted to go through him. Richard, what's he about? What's he like? And, and how important was it for him to be a part of what you're doing here in Norman? Yeah, ten years with me at at, wow. at Ole Miss, and um, yeah, he's he's I call him the uh, Ford Savant. <laughs> so he has put a number of players in the pros that were attacking players, um, and and he's just really good with the Fords and understanding what they need and working with them individually. And you know, one of the reasons we, you know there were a couple of years there where we led the SEC in scoring, and a lot of that is his work with the players individually. So he's really good on uh, attacking standpoint. Um, Jess Hiskey. Uh, was a big-time player for us. He's one of our other assistant coaches, who um, you know was a was an All-American, was a um, was an academic All-American, was a captain on our team, led our team to 
Sweet 16 um, as a player, then was a pro for a number of years, and I convinced her to become a coach. She's been with five years now. Um, she's just phenomenal. And the players can relate to her, which is really important. And then, you know, we were able to add a, a third coach, and I was able to get, you know, a real veteran coach, a goalkeeper, one of the best goalkeeper coaches in the country, and Warren Russ, who was a, a men's coach, a head coach of the men's side, and I was able to convince him to come here to Oklahoma. So the staff is really experienced um, and, and just really good at what they do. So certainly thrilled to have those guys on, on, our, on our staff. This Sunday, exhibition game number one, Oklahoma will take on Baylor at 1 o'clock at John Crane Field. Uh, well, I'm sorry, wrong time for me, 7 o'clock on Sunday. 7 o'clock. Yeah, I, I don't have my readers on, man. i got to zoom this thing <laughs> up so I can see it. 7 o'clock sun, uh, Sunday night, OU and Baylor in their exhibition game, and then you're going to go to Lincoln on Friday the 11th to play Nebraska. How important are these exhibition games? What do you want to get out of them? Uh, for us, they're huge. Absolutely, absolutely huge, Chris. We, we have to – you know, again, we're a new staff, right? When when we took over, when our first practice uh, on Tuesday morning, there was only one player, Zoe Parker, who came to us from, from Ole Miss that I coached. And she came in January, so only about three months. <laughs> I had one player that I coached for three months of, of the, the roster of 27. So these exhibitions are huge for us to get evaluation. I think we talk a lot about in practice you see what players can do. In the games you see what they can't do. So I think it's really important for us from an evaluation standpoint. We are approaching the game, both games, as evaluation. So the result for us isn't, as a coaching staff isn't as important. I talk to the players about you know, when you step on the field, you're stepping on the field to help your team win. But from a coaching standpoint, we're, we're scripting the game. playing. You know, We have a periodization where we're only playing certain players certain minutes. So, again, the, the result isn't the most important for us for these two exhibitions. But the way and the style we play is going to be very important. One of my favorite guys at OU is Zach Brulette. Won a national championship, I believe it was in '16 with OU softball. The familiarity of his of his program and and his commitment, his understanding. How important was that for you? Because that strength and conditioning side, Coach Mott, I, I think we all get it now. We all know it in sports. They usually end up getting more time with your players than you do. What kind of sold you on keeping Zach around? And what have you thought about the job that he's done? Yeah, him and Mel Bean are as good as I've worked with in my 30 years of, of, of coaching. Uh, Zach has been brilliant. Team came in really fit. Um, our fitness wasn't even a problem because they worked with him all summer. Um, and then his energy level is fantastic through the roof. So, you know, he gets them at the beginning of every practice, really at the end. But beginning, he's bringing all kinds of energy, excited to be with us. Um, I've just been really impressed. And Mel, our trainer, is phenomenal. I mean, she's a physical therapist. I think we have a Really, really good one. So that support staff that I inherited is is first class. So really happy with with both of them, and um, you know they're doing a phenomenal job. But Zach's great, and like I, I'm with you, he's his energy's great, and he's a winner, no doubt. And he, and he bought in right away, which That's is awesome. certainly an important part for sure. Uh, Matt, Matt, two more quick ones, and I'll let you get out of here. Number one. Yeah. What have you seen from Oklahoma soccer so far? And I don't mean university, I mean the state. And I know you've recruited through here before in your time at Ole Miss, but you know, great youth programs all across. But are we are we developing D one talent? Do you feel do you feel there's a talent pool around here to pull from in this state? Yeah, to be honest, it's another reason why I took the job because there is really really good players in Oklahoma that we can draw from, and and. You know, again, we, we can't talk specifics, but we are recruiting a number of players from the state. And, and you know, my, my philosophy everywhere I've been is you have to get the best players in the state first. You have to lock down the borders. 
And that's absolutely what we're trying to do. Um, and it's absolutely what we'll continue to do. I think you can look at you know, our friends down the road at Oklahoma State has, have won a lot of games with Oklahoma players. And we have to change that. We have to change that where they're coming to the flagship first. You know, And one of the big reasons I came here was because of that talent level and then the idea that we're going to the SEC. And I'm very comfortable with the SEC. Obviously, I spent 20 years there with 13 at Ole Miss and, and seven years at, at uh, Auburn. Um, and we, these Oklahoma players are absolutely going to help us win in the SEC, there's no doubt in my mind. And then I'll let you go on this. We mentioned you have the exhibition on Sunday night, but having a good, raucous crowd, because John Crane Field, beautiful, beautiful complex, it can become a home field environment when there's a great crowd. Your, your regular season opener is an in-state showdown on Thursday, August 17th against Tulsa. You've got ORU on the 20th that weekend as well. But just in general, the importance of a good crowd, the importance of good energy. I feel like sometimes we don't talk about how much of a difference it can make, and it really truly can for soccer. Take us through the importance of seeing great crowds out there, Coach, and really having the Sooner Nation and the city of Norman and the state of Oklahoma invested in this program. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, soccer is 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 really a, a big part of the, the state. I mean, the, the amount of clubs that are involved, you know, um, the youth clubs that are in, in and around, even, even in Norman, it's huge, right? And we have a great, there's great clubs in Oklahoma City and Tulsa and, and all over the state. So we want to make this a really um, fun place to come, a rocking place. But I agree, the home field advantage is, is really huge. We've got the drum line coming out for every single game awesome. um, that we've, we've brought, which is going to be great. And, uh, you know, we, we want a big crowd. But I also think it's my responsibility that, as a team, we put a, a, a product out there that they want to come see and, and want to come back and, and cheer for. And everything I've seen so far about Oklahoma and Sooner Nation is they support the teams. And so we're excited to kind of kick off the season, um, the sports season here, and uh, and hopefully put a good product that they want to come back and watch us each game. Matt, I suck for not reaching out to you sooner, and I apologize, but I'm really <laughs> excited. I'm really excited for this team, man. I'm excited for you and your staff, and really appreciate you coming on. We'll spread the word and get a packed house out there. Let's do it. I appreciate it. And by the way, I listened to you when I got here. It was softball season, so I listened to you call a bunch of games. That was a lot of fun. It was. I feel like I know you. <laughs> well, I like that I know you from makes games. makes my day, Matt. Thanks so much, Coach. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> you got it. Thank See you, it. Boomer. Boomer sooner. When people say boomer, I don't know why I panic and say boomer sooner. I just need to say sooner, right? I mean, that would be the easy part of this. I thought he was awesome. Yeah, he's, Not just because he said nice things about me. No, 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 no. He's he's really good. I'm watching Josh is putting up the uh, podcasts as we speak. Boy, y'all, hour one is going to be a roller coaster ride. I'm just warning you. It goes from me uh, beating my chest to – basically wondering if I'm going to have to be proven wrong again. I thought I was going to die on the hill that the Pac-12 would survive, and it looked like an hour one it was going to survive. And then an hour two, it was like, oh, no, the Pac-12 is dead again. <laughs> and by hour three, who knows? It might be the Pac-12 is alive Stick around. again. Stick around. You never know. All right, quick break. When we come back here, we'll get your text messages all cut up before the top, top five stories of the day right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. And they've turned this – bullshooter competition on ESPN the Ocho into at least an hour long event. I think darts is usually like a 30 minute game, right? Oh, there. Oh, I see. There's a couple of other. It's a best of seven. Well, this like, is a championship whoa. now. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, okay. because they, they right. started final four here. I just saw the hippie. 
that was up there throwing. Okay, I see. I would be terrible. I just want to make a confession here on the air. Thankfully, uh, my my buddy, my girl Cheryl, listens, and she's right next to the pastor's office, so maybe he can just forgive me. I do not have the best language, Josh, whenever I play darts. Agreed. Uh, thanks to uh, thanks to Coach Mott for joining us. True Sooner, we'll put a wrap on hour two. Wow, this is already hour two. What's going on, True? How are you, man? Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, man. How's it going, man? Are you having a good week? I'm getting ready to take a quick little vacay and uh, then on the downhill slump towards the start of the college football season. Downhill slope, I guess I should say. Well, yeah. Hey, uh, you know, you were in, in reference to your, uh, or to your uh, Blake Bell stuff, number 10, you know, if if, if Dylan Gabriel has a New York invite uh, type season, I wouldn't be opposed to maybe a Jackson Dozer. Um, so I so I think there could be some comparisons there. What do you think? Well, I I think I just want to see him get some reps in like a normal offense. I don't think we need to get gimmicky yeah. here, right, Josh? No, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know that he's. he's I, I don't know. I mean, he's pretty athletic, but yeah, the Jackson yeah. Dozer. I don't know that he's. Uh, I don't know that he's built for that. No, I'm just saying tongue in cheek. I mean, is number ten and all, you know. Um, but so okay. So as much as I love inflicting pain, mental pain on these OSU fans that are, you know, softball doesn't matter now. All of a sudden, it matters because you know because Maxwell's going to OU. Um, as much as I enjoy this, and it is fun through the years, football, softball, whatever, inflicting this. Man, does does this kind of have a Durant kind of feel to it? I mean, are the OSU fans right? Um, yeah, I'm sure they they would have every right to feel that way. Oh, absolutely. Sure. I'd feel I mean, that way if it was someone leaving going? for Texas or Oklahoma State. Yeah, you bet. Have every right to well, feel that also, way. Well, and you're also going from, you know, you're going from, you're going from the second or third best team in the league to the number one team, which is what I just, I mean, like I said, I love it. And I, and I think, you know, I thought there's, you know, people asked a while back, they asked, is there any way this team can be better True, we got to we got to run, man. We're up yeah, against yeah, it. What yeah. time? What, what I is? The, I, I think they could though. What is the actual out? Is it ten fifty nine fifty? It's like right now. Oh, it's a blank show. <laughs>